The views and opinions expressed in this program are solely those of the program's contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of the University of Alabama. Thank you for listening to this episode of Bless Our Hearts, Alabama Quilt Bag Stories. My name is Kevin. And I'm Lizzie. Bless Our Hearts is a podcast about queer people living in Alabama and their stories. In this episode, we're talking with Jessie, and she's here to tell us what it's like to be professionally queer. This one really hits home for me because I'm also professionally queer, and that means that I represent LGBTQIA plus interests for a living. Before we hear from Jessie, I want to make sure that everyone knows that when she and all the other advocates and activists we interviewed for this podcast talk about all the amazing stuff they're doing, they're probably doing that stuff for free. Someone should bake them cookies or something is all I'm saying. All right. Well, we're talking with Jesse. How are you doing? Hi there. <laughs> <laughs> we like to begin these by just kind of asking you to tell us some stuff about you so that our listeners can get an idea of who you are and where you're from and how you got here and all of that good stuff. So if you could tell us, tell us a little bit about you. Yeah, sure. Um, so my name is Jesse Rents. Uh, I'm a junior here, undergrad. I'm in consumer science. I am in asexual, biromantic, cisgender woman. I'm also president of Spectrum, UA's undergraduate queer advocacy org. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Um, Can you tell us a little bit bit about Spectrum in case there's uh, people that listen that don't know what that is? Yeah. So um, like I said, we're kind of the undergraduate organization for this kind of stuff. We do community events that kind of get people out and together connected like movie and game nights. Uh, And then we throw bigger events on campus like Queer Homecoming and um, we do a drag show for charity in the spring, stuff like that. So a lot of the people listening may have never heard of the term asexual before. Yeah. Would you mind telling us a little bit about what that means for you? Great, great. Um, So just in general, uh, asexual or asexuality um, is someone who, who experiences little to no sexual attraction. In my case, it's no. It's not something I experience. And then you described yourself as biromantic. Yes. Can you tell us about that? Yes. So um, romantically, even though I'm not really attracted to anybody sexually, um, I, I'm romantically attracted to people of really any gender. Okay. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I would just kind of like to open up the floor for you to tell us what you came to talk to us about today. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm going to be very presumptuous. And actually, (laughs) I wanted to talk about something you, Lizzie, are something of an expert in, which is being professionally queer. (laughs) (laughs) Just literally a chapter in my dissertation. (laughs) (laughs) I'm aware. So I'm I'm brand new to it. And you've been doing it for a very long time. So I figured between the two of us, we might have something interesting to say. It's not the years, it's the mileage. (laughs) (laughs) But cool. Awesome. Yeah. Um, So this is my first year as president of Spectrum or really doing anything in the um, diversity and advocacy circuit. Mm -hmm. And while I've been out for a while, just in my personal life, it's kind of another thing to be at professional and networking events Mm -hmm. um, and having to introduce yourself as as the gay one. No one says that. Like, especially where we work in academia, it's very codified language. Mm -hmm. But when people introduce me as Jesse from Spectrum, there's that underlying assumption that my professional qualification is in some part just because I'm queer. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So... 
it's I was talking to my mom about it the other week. Um, I can't other than motivational speaking, I can't really think of a field where that's applicable, where where you're kind of expected to share really personal stuff about yourself in like business casual settings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely a, a, a new it was definitely a new experience for me and something that kind of caught me off guard. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, it's really weird to be the person who is like, part of my job is that I professionally come out to people. Um, yeah, I feel yeah. that. Um, mm-hmm. I was doing like a documentary thing on Wednesday even. <laughs> uh, a documentary? Yeah, like a film student project. Oh, cool. They're like, hey, I want to make a film project. Tell me your coming out story. Ah. Yeah. Which he was nice and really, really sweet. Um, yeah. And people just assume that because you do LGBTQ advocacy that you're comfortable having those conversations with all kinds of strangers. Yeah, all the time. Yeah. 24-7. Mm-hmm. Which for me, I'm, I'm usually cool doing that kind of stuff, but it, it's a lot over yeah. and over and over again. The repetition is the thing. Mm-hmm. It's also interesting in a lot of settings where I get treated as a queer representative, especially um, in a place with as large an administration as UA, um, rather than, you know, a queer person mm-hmm. who happens to be there. For example, I'm on the, um, like, student and campus life committee mm-hmm. to be the spectrum representative, uh-huh. which is code for the gay person at the table, yeah. talking about campus life when we do that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. It's real weird. Yeah. You said that you got asked. Uh, there was a lot of repetition in the conversations you were having mm-hmm. to have with people. Mm-hmm. What are some of those repetitious conversations? Because I imagine if you're getting asked this a lot, then yeah. somebody might listen to this that might have that question that these people <laughs> had. So we're going to ask you. Yeah. So I'm, essentially, I'm being very annoying and asking you to repeat the thing that you have to repeat over and over again. Oh, boy. If um, that's okay. Yeah, it's it's you largely have the same conversation over and over. A lot of it is what are you specifically? Even if that's not always germane. Mm-hmm. Um I'm usually happy to do it cuz asexuality visibility is not quite up there. Mm-hmm. I imagine that creates a lot more questions when you say that. Yes. Yes. Yeah, actually, um it's getting a little bit better, particularly because of the popular TV series BoJack Horseman. They had an asexual character. Oh, yeah. I yeah. About that. So a lot of people my age who have watched it, um, I'm now able for, like, some of the first times in my life um, to, to say, oh, I'm asexual. And sometimes people will say, oh, like in BoJack Horseman. <laughs> I'm like, I don't have to explain myself? That's nice. Yay. No, it does get frustrating, especially, like, as somebody who is bisexual and demisexual, which is a subset of the ace community. Yes. Telling somebody how you identify and then having to be like, and here are the Wikipedia page articles about what those words mean mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. is really frustrating, which is, I think, why a lot of folks, I think it's it's one reason why a lot of folks will just be like, I identify as queer and leave it at that because yeah. a lot of folks are too uncomfortable to ask what that means. <laughs> yeah. That's so valid, man. Yeah. <laughs> just um, easier. But it is almost like having to to make an elevator pitch for your sexuality. It's yeah. freaky. Yeah. So you said that you get called in oftentimes to represent Spectrum, which essentially means that you're representing like all of the queer community at UA. Yes, especially in like undergraduate affairs. Yeah. It happens a lot. Diversity, equity, inclusion has a brand new multicultural caucus that happened. So can you tell us a little bit about the ways that that is complicated or or challenging? 
Well, well, when you're in those kind of spaces, being treated as a representative, it's mm-hmm. a very personally nerve wracking um, because they're they're expecting you to for any community um, do the impossible and, yeah. and kind of speak for every single person in your community. And that just can't be done. Mm-hmm. There's also depending on the setting, mm-hmm. um, some places are better about it than others. Um, but but there's. Sometimes the expectation that because you are the queer one at the table and you're there to be the queer one, you only have opinions on the queer issues, quote unquote. Yeah. Yeah. And and you don't really expect that from from any, I don't want to say regular, but Mm non-representative board member. You know, you don't only want them to talk sometimes on some things. Yeah. So. I think that's frustrating, too, because no person is made up of just one part of who they are. Like we all have a whole bunch of other things about us that make us the person that we are. And yeah, so absolutely. Even if you're only speaking to the things that are relevant to your person, your one person, it's still going to be about more than just LGBTQ stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I feel very watered down at some points. Mm-hmm. Um, this doesn't translate well across podcast space, but I'm um, a very sorority girl looking chick, Mm -hmm. to put it simply. (laughs) You said "Mm -hmm," so quickly. Um, I didn't. I'm I'm glad that you said that because I didn't want to bring it up, but we saw you outside when we walked in Mm -hmm. and uh, you and Liz know each other. And I saw you go up and talk to her and I was like, well, that's weird that she met somebody this early in the morning because I I just... That you're who we were going to be talking to. Yeah, yeah, but but I'm um, blonde and makeup, and I usually wear suits and dresses and mm-hmm. things. I'm a little comfier today. Gold hoop earrings today. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, but but the point is, I look very straight. Mm-hmm. So people in administration are a lot comfier talking to me about queer things because I look like a queer person they want to see. Yeah, it's it's a little crazy making. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't often get. That. <laughs> Bear. <laughs> cool. So what else would you like to tell us today? Um, on being professionally queer, um, as far as, you know, I go about it um, on committees and boards and things. Mm-hmm. I've been thinking a lot recently, and I'm, I'm really, really new to this, mm-hmm. um, which is worth reminding. In those kind of settings, is it enough that, that people like queer student life, you know, have a representative written into the bylaws? Is it enough that we have a seat at the table Mm -hmm. um, when there are so many unique issues that come from from mandatory diversity? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of benefit, too. I mean, otherwise, would those voices get heard at all? Right. I don't know. Has been something I've been thinking about. If you're you're wondering if that's enough, what do you think, like, what are you thinking would be a better step in the right direction? God, uh... (laughs) Way to ask the real questions. Um, <laughs> I mean, in an ideal world, we'd we'd pick people that needed to be at that board, and they would happen to be perfectly diverse and representative of all the different ways intersectionality can happen on campus. But okay. that's, I don't think, rarely if ever going to be the case. Mm-hmm. So, so I think... I think mandatory diversity, the kind of, okay, we need one of you and one of you and one of you. That's the best we can do for now, you know, in large Mm -hmm. spaces. 
and and being able i mean a lot of it always comes back to public education if we can get everybody up to date on mm-hmm. everybody's issues yeah then then maybe we'll make a little more progress on that front so you're you're new to this being professionally queer very it's kind of my first semester (laughs) yeah uh, but in your experience so far Mm -hmm. and you were closely connected with safe zone and spectrum last year too. so you've you've kind of seen seen the Mm goings-ons why do you think it's important to have people who are effectively professionally queer in in kind of a university setting like this I mentioned a large part of my job is just having the same conversations over and over and over. Mm -hmm. And while that is like personally frustrating a lot of the time, um, having to, you know, be so open about everything, particularly your own identity. I think we do need people out there doing this work because Mm -hmm. the reason I have those conversations is because other people out there that don't know ask over Mm -hmm. and over and over again. The, The more we can do to help people understand, um, especially if we can, you know, voice community concerns one-on-one, the, mm-hmm. the further we're going to get with this stuff. Yeah. If okay. people want to, if people want to learn more about Spectrum and maybe get in touch with you about that, how would they do that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you can find Spectrum on MySource um, or on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, we're best about Facebook, but we're trying to get better about all of it. <laughs> or if you want to hit up my personal email, ask me like a question one-on-one. I'm at jprents, R-E-N-T-Z, at crimson.ua.edu. All right. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you, guys. Thank you for listening to this episode of Bless Our Hearts. We're putting this podcast out in observance of LGBTQIA plus History Month. We'll be putting out new episodes throughout the month of October. So if you don't want to miss one, go ahead and subscribe now. If you want to learn more about queer community resources in your area, reach out to your local pride organization, or you can find information about resources on equalityalabama.org. This podcast is brought to you by the Safe Zone Resource Center and the Center for Instructional Technology at the University of Alabama. Safe Zone Resource Center is a LGBTQ resource center that provides educational outreach, community programming, and crisis intervention resources for queer folks and their allies at UA. If you'd like to get in touch, you can do so by email at safezone at ua.edu or via Facebook slash Instagram at at UA Safe Zone. If you're a faculty member and you could use some help with instructional technology or if maybe Blackboard's getting you down, you can reach out to the Center for Instructional Technology. We're in A203 Gordon Palmer Hall. You can reach us by phone at 205-348-3532 or you can send us an email at cit at ua.edu.